If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast, live from Too Many Games in Phoenixville slash Oaks slash Valley Forge. Where the hell are we? Pennsylvania. How are you? <laughs> Way too much clapping, this really. <laughs> Alongside irritable Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. Howdy. <laughs> Ian's voice is a little bit lost right now. Minus semi-lost. We're going to power through this. We got our... Ring dings, we got our tasty cake crippets, we got our devil dogs. Can't get Drake's cakes on the West Coast, Ian. No, no, this is very exciting. Ian, how's your uh, too many games going? It's good, but I'm a little squeaky like a boss. <laughs> it's endearing. Thank you. What's the little Samson character at the bombs? The bombs? I, don't, I don't know, but he's very cute. He's very cute? We'll just call you whatever that guy is, right? Okay. Uh, so we're talking about some topics, right? Talking about some topics. Mighty number nine, getting mediocre reviews. The 25th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog, the 20th anniversary of N64. A little bit extra news on GameStop, maybe confirming NX features, we'll see. And your Q&A. Let's get right into it. Mighty number nine, Ian, came out. To, yeah. So let's just say less than stellar reviews. After uh, one turn of the cosmic wheel, it finally uh, released uh, Kaiji Inafune's attempt at making a new Mega Man game, essentially. Um, after numerous, numerous backer delays, uh, it came out looking like a game on the PlayStation 2. Uh, it's apparently unbalanced as all hell. And uh, a lot of people are unhappy about that. Um, the reviews have stated a number of things. Uh, the one that is, is most bothersome is, in a Mega Man game, <clears throat> the excitement really is supposed to be beating the boss masters and getting the new weapons. Sure. And using them in the proper order. And apparently that doesn't mean fuck all in Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> I mean, it does. There is a right order to go through it with. Uh-huh. But apparently they introduced this uh, badass combo system, you know, to... Yeah, we saw that dur- during the great advertising campaign. <laughs> yes. Um, that I guess you have these slide combos where you can slide vertically and horizontally into enemies, and you get combo points. I think it turns you into flaming pizza or something is like that. that. Is, that <laughs> is that one of the features of the game? But, I um, missed that. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's one weapon in particular, I believe, called the Cryosphere that keeps your window open for comboing. And you can get it very early on in the game. And since the game is all combo-based and point-based, essentially, there's really no need to switch to anything else. So that's kind of... That takes one of the perks out of the game. It's kind of upsetting. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cheap death. Climbing is very difficult. Uh, it's not exactly fine-tuned. It doesn't look good. No. It looks like crap. It looks like a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> no, no, don't don't insult the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in this IGN review, it, it says right from the get-go, it's pretty clear something is amiss in my number nine. Its sickly color palette and flat lighting don't exactly help its generic Saturday morning cartoon art style. Now, that's a Saturday morning cartoon art style, not from the 80s or 90s, from like the past 15 years where it's all CG. Right. So it looks too clean and too just sort of generic, yeah. 
Well, it was made in Unity 3, which was outdated uh, half a turn of the Cosmic Wheel ago, <laughs> which is why there were so many delays, because they couldn't do half the things they wanted to, because there was no support. So this frame rate issue, supposedly, supposedly all the lighting effects are sporadically put throughout the game because of that? Yeah, the Wii U version has frame rate issues that are basically, like, just on a... On a not, not, not that the Wii U is the most powerful system, but it should be able to run a game like Mighty Number no. 9, all right? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is problematic for a lot of reasons, Mighty Number no. 9 finally coming out and receiving these mediocre... <clears throat> mediocre... That's not any better. These <laughs> mediocre reviews. Mediocre reviews. Um, <laughs> is it, it sheds to a degree a very bad light on, on, on Kickstarter. Now, obviously, there are plenty of Kickstarters that work out very, very well. And um, this is going to, I think, in a lot of people's minds, damage how they view Kickstarted games in the future. Sure, because because this one had lots of delays, but it had lots of fanfare to begin with, so people, it it makes their hurt hurt that much more, right? It's it's not like this is a game that came out of nowhere, it would have came and gone, no one would have remembered it a a day from now. And it's, it's one of, it was one of the first big Kickstarted projects by a big name, so that, right, like I said prior, it's not going to make it look good. Inafune also wanted to do a cartoon, a movie, various tie-ins. Anti. What? Announced that. Yeah, one. Robot porn. Um, I'm sure it's been done. Uh, yeah, it has rule 34. Um, uh, and I mean, they announced it as a series before it even released. I mean, they put all their eggs in one basket. There's a little bit of hubris involved, I think, in the project. Yeah, they saw how much success the original. Kickstarter got like okay, we'll just start a whole company now and do you know three games a year, and it's just now it's belly up. Right. But now you have this association of Kickstarter games being bad when that it's just that this one went bad. This right. one is the one that had what two years of delays, and this is the one that is going to be massively, massively disappointing. But it doesn't mean every Kickstarter game is going to be bad. So I just have one question for everyone: Who's really excited about Concepts Red Ash now? Anyone? Anyone excited about that one? Does anyone know what it is? It's the next game by the creators of Mighty Number no. Nine. I'm sure it's going to turn out fucking fantastic. So, so how could they have gone this, gone this far wrong in this direction when this is their whole company now is going to be not in shambles, but now they're they're hobbled after this. I mean, hobbled. <laughs> yeah, their ankles are broken. Yeah, yes, this is misery this right is now. Misery. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, misery. Uh, so are you, are you going to play this at some point? Or is this going to become, become like your uh, DuckTales remaster? No, no, I am going to play it. I have a code. I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to play it before we left. But I, I will try it out on Monday, and on the next podcast, I'll report back with actual you know, further impressions <laughs> as to, is it really that shitty? Stay tuned for more from Ian's special report on the CU podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have the 25th anniversary of Sonic coming out. 25 years ago in 1991. Sonic, that lovable blue hedgehog. And how he grew up and went so wrong. <laughs> he started out as you such a cute little child. child. You, you can nurture him. You, can, you do what you can. You put him in a decent school. But at the end of the day, you, you let him fly away and see what happens. So. They're smoking in the boys' room. And the next, <laughs> next thing you know, they're doing juvie time. <laughs> um, do, you but, rem- do you remember what, what, your experience playing Sonic the first time? Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the thing. Let's focus on the good times. <laughs> um, I remember seeing Sonic the Hedgehog running on a display in a computer store uh, right as it came out. 
Um, it seemed like they were putting a lot of stock into it. And I saw Spring Hill Zone. And immediately I looked at my mom and I was like, please? And she was like, no, fuck, of course not. <laughs> so so um, my brother and I raked leaves all fall. And the first system we bought ourselves was a uh, Sega Genesis and Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's all I did for an entire summer. And it was a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, I mean, it was pretty looking. Uh, it, it was fast. Uh, there was good, yeah, you know, platforming segments. And I don't know that some aspects of it hold up super well over time. But it was very impressive when it came out. And it's still a lot of fun. Sonic 2 is, like, probably the pinnacle of the series for most people. Sonic 3 and Knuckles is my absolute favorite platforming game of all time outside of DuckTales. I love the damn thing. And then we fall upon some dark times. <laughs> all right, well, my experience... Uh... <laughs> So, so I was at my friend uh, Kevin's house, who was the first kid I knew who had Nintendo. Was he an asshole? Because I had a friend Kevin, too, and he was a dick. He turned out to be a dick. He'd okay. be one of those friends okay. that, like, oh, yeah, you hang out with him, I don't know, like, three times a week, and then you find out he talks shit about you behind your back. Yo, that's my Kevin, too. To, to his, like, <laughs> his higher, more important tier friends. So apparently I was the lower tier oh, I was, friends. I was real low tier. <laughs> was, was he was basically the same Kevin. Maybe he just sort of, like, cloned out to different parts of the country. I was, like, country. Dan from Street Fighter tier to, to oh. this Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I was no good. So he had Genesis. I did not. And uh, he got Sonic when I guess a lot of people did. A lot of people just waited until it became a packet uh, later on in 90. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, later on 91 to get it. Because right. remember, Altered Beast was the packing game for the first, you know, year and a half. Lies from your mediocrity. Yes. So that was that helped the Genesis so, so much. Because before then, the Genesis was selling... Uh, but once you get Sonic in there, it's like now we have something. Uh, now nice processing. Yeah, blast that processing, whatever that actually means. Uh, so it, it, Sonic's important not just because it's a good game; it's an iconic mascot to rival Mario at the time. And you it know, launched a whole slew of mascot game imitators, and yeah. so many of them: Rocky Rodent, uh, Zero the Comic-Con, Crash Bandicoot. I don't understand the love of Crash at all. I heard a woot. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I, but but Sonic was a legit badass marketing mascot. Oh yeah, he had a lot of attitude. <laughs> he was like the sort of okay. Now we're we're a teenage. Uh, video game fans. We're not kidding Nintendo fans anymore. You want was play around with a fat fucking plumber? I got fucking fast shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that was basically how they marketed it. Yeah. The commercials. They showed like, oh, show, show the shitty Nintendo game. Now you show the Sega Genesis and now you, you've gone through video game puberty. And that's what Sonic represented. Yeah. It basically did. Looking back, was it cheesy? Yeah, probably. Because you don't have an equivalent now. Where it's like, oh, because we love Mar- Mario games and we love Nintendo products. And we don't think of it being as childish. It's just classic to us now. But, so- but- Sonic was your first beer behind the water tower. You think so? <laughs> yes. Your, your first pull on the cigarette? Yeah, exactly. Before you started massively coughing, which would probably be the 32X, I think. That'd be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gold so- material. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I get your approval. Uh, so, so I never... I never was a huge fan of Sonic, just because I don't I don't like the on rails portions of the game, uh, in, because it, the whole game is, is staggered. It's like okay, you have to run around and I watch a fifteen second cutscene basically in the level. So I look then, at it differently. You go through a bunch of bullshit hard stuff, and then you get this freedom rush of just 
craziness. And it's not on rails. That's how you find most of the secrets is you have to know when you jump and shit. When you're going super fast, you can sure. get little triangles of rings and stuff. Okay, it's on rails or on the roller coaster parts and things of that nature. When you're going, when they start to add the, the corkscrew stuff and things of that nature. It looks neat. It looks neat. It does look neat. I'm not saying it's not, a, it's not a bad game. It just never was for me. And so that was when a lot more kids got to Sega Genesis and it went neck and neck with the Super Nintendo. You know, fighting out in the heralded 16 big console wars. A lot, of, a lot of 13-year-olds' lives were lost in that war. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of scratchy fonts stating what Nintendo doesn't do. Yeah, a lot of casualties. I got that wrong. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't do. What Nintendo can't. Yes, that was the first uh, round of marketing inside the, the state of America. Nintendo doesn't do. No, Nintendo don't. I think that's what we want to go with. It rolls off the tongue better. Uh, any other thoughts they have? They're releasing a... They're going to announce a new game, like, next month. I don't know why... They, they chose, chose the anniversary to announce an announcement for the game. It's like those pre-teasers you see where it's like three seconds of a movie teaser. Sound like in the downward spiral. It's yes. like Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah. I have the fish nets um, all the time. Uh, but they have a humble bundle uh, out. Not that this is an advertisement, but they do have a, a Sonic. It's $167 worth of awesome stuff, including the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Adventure DX, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic CD, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 1, no. The Phantom Menace, Sonic and Sega All-Star <laughs> Racing, Sonic 2, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Lost World, what? Is that Jurassic Park? No. Sonic Generations, Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 2, and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. What is that game? I do not want to know. It's like Mario Kart. Is it good? Yeah, it's actually really good. good. Okay. And Sonic is leading from behind there. I just thought it was funny that the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, Twitter account took a shot at Mario number 9. (laughs) (laughs) Did I see that? Our, our, our pal Chris Kohler uh, did a really great Photoshop of a 3DS game called Sonic in the Glass House. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a little, I mean, Ian says he likes that Sonic account. That's a little bit closely. As we start attacking the misfortunes of rival competitors that openly, it's like, yeah, that's how you were back in the early 90s. Uh, Sega itself, but now, Sega, you're not where you were 25 years ago. He's hit rock bottom. Just let him <laughs> sling shit. No one cares. <laughs> Alright, so are you going to get this Humble Bundle at all, Dean? No. No, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, how, uh, uh, speaking, of, speaking of anniversaries, in Japan, the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64? <laughs> if I could open my mouth and make crickets chirp, that's what would happen right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Nintendo 64 is dog shit. I wow. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. I thought that was a good my mouth. Oh, oh. Crowd starting. And this is why you like the CU podcast. We don't tell you what you want to hear. We tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> Reality check. I tell you what I want to tell you. You can digest it how you can, too. So, I didn't hear that. He said he played N64 last night. We all liked N64 to some degree. Ian's using a little bit of a hyperbole, I believe. Here. I, I, I did that from time to time. Ian is going to be a little over the top and acerbic. Well, to the person who was talking about how they played N64 last night. The N64 was great for basically one thing, and it did one thing really well. It's a fantastic multiplayer system. And you upset it, that man. He's walking up. He's he's like, he's I, can't, comments. I can't handle this. Anymore. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you. I got it when I was four. Best system ever, but fuck you, Ian. I'm unsubscribing. Rant video incoming. Fuck these guys. I thought they were cool. The gods have fallen. 
And just one thing, and just one thing really well. <coughs> and that's making me really sweet. <laughs> it's fantastic at multiplayer between Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, my uh, two uh, the the two snowboard kids games, which I don't think get nearly enough love. Oh yeah, and all four of the AKI wrestling games: uh, WCW, NWO, uh, Revenge, um, Versus the no World, Mercy, yeah. and uh, WrestleMania 2000. Uh-huh. I could still play those for hours today, even though all the wrestlers look like giant chunks of beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> and of, and of of course, all most of the Nintendo first-party games are obviously Quite classic. Yes. The Zelda games, Mario sixty four is, is one of the best three D platformers ever, and it defined the genre. Yes, you know, and, but there were some bad parts of the N sixty four. It has no RPGs. Ogre battle. Yeah, what? I'm so, okay. Okay, the one guy in the room who knows that there's one. <laughs> and it has uh, the greatest subtitle too. Person of lordly caliber. All right, but it started a banned trend of not having packing games anymore and having only one controller uh, keep with it and having Nintendo not having really any launch titles for it at and, the time. And it was the start of it. it I mean, it's not a lot, but little third, less third-party support. Yeah, because Nintendo decided for some reason we don't like CD technology. You know, that's the future. That's where PC gaming had been for like five years. You know, you can do full motion uh, audio and video, and it can hold a lot more storage uh, than a cartridge. But we're going to be antiquated and dogmatic and be afraid of piracy or something and stick with uh, cartridge games, which fucked them with with RPGs and other games that it's, never came to console. That's one of the big reasons Square wouldn't go. They want to make these huge cinematic games. And you, at the time, physical media was so cost prohibitive that you, you really couldn't do that sort of thing on that. Sure, but there's the good times too. It probably was the pinnacle of a, a party party game console. Yes, because it had four controller ports built in, and it hadn't been seen since the first run of the Atari Fifty Two Hundred, I believe. Let me ask you a trivia question. Oh God, Mario Party. Who did the first couple of them? No idea. Hudson Soft. Oh, that's why they were so good, oh. and that's why they fell so hard oh. <laughs> afterwards. But we cannot talk about N64 without talking about Goldeneye, because that game. That's why that guy walked out, because every day in college, <laughs> him and his roommates played Goldeneye, because it was a four-player first-person shooter on a console. And no, it was not, I had to tell all my dumb friends, this was not like the first first-person shooter game ever. There's something called Doom and Wolfenstein 3D and Duke Nukem that came out before. Uh, but it was the first one that was, you know, the first casual first-person shooter that millions and millions and millions of people could play easily. Mm-hmm. You need you need internet connection to play with your friends. Four people sitting around like a 22-inch CRT yes. straining the hell out at, of their eyes. At 12, like, frames, 12 frames per second shooting you know, the rocket launcher at each other in the huge, <laughs> what, the cavern or the, what was, what was the other uh, famous one? You got me. I hated the game. You hated the game? In, in the, uh, what, what was the one with all the shelves? The stack, yes, the stack. I was thinking of it. I actually, I did like Temple, and uh, there was the the the, the follow up Perfect Dark. Did Dark keep, Park, Perfect did, Dark, yep. did, was I actually really enjoyed Perfect Dark, and it kept some of the better maps from Golden Eye. And it was cool. You had the power weapons, you had the, uh, the Golden Gun mode, was one shot. It, it, there was a slappers. A ton of features in the game. It was a it was a great game, Goldeneye. I didn't but, hate it. I just sucked at it. But, the, but at the end of the day, the N sixty four. Once you get past, I would say you get past like the dozen games you had to play. You're left with left with about two hundred sports and racing titles at that point that no one ever remembers it's, or cares about. It's the best system ever if you like mediocre racing games. And I think uh, <laughs> Gilly, if he's here, uh, him and I talked about that earlier. Uh, if yeah, you, get, if you love Top Gear games, it's it's absolutely the system you need to own. Get Beetle Racer or whatever that one. <clears throat> That's actually really good. That was a good one. Oh. Yeah, but 
I mean, if it makes anyone feel better, because I said mean things about the N64, <laughs> most people love it, and I think it's actually a system now that is more popular now than it actually was then. Um, from the retail side of things, I can't keep Nintendo 64s in stock. I can't keep good games from the Nintendo 64 in stock. People come in and get mad at me because I don't have Mario Kart. Like, I'm just supposed to have a fucking stack of 20 <laughs> at all times. And when it's, like, one of the best games for the system. It's also the first time you saw... Uh, they, they took the Coleco Chameleon approach of having multicolored consoles, several of them for yes. sale. At various times, the boost sales that you uh, they did, they did add-ins like they did the uh, the DK version, uh, where you got what well, you got Donkey Kong and the expansion and pack. the expansion pack. They had the expansion pack, which was which was a, a first, the first sort of console upgrade, really, right? Mm-hmm. Luckily, it only made use of like three games. It was Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong Country, and Donkey Kong 64. It's one of the Turok games. <clears throat> um, used it, I think. Zelda Majora's Mask. There were a bunch of third-party games where you could optionally turn it on for smoothing and things like that, but um, it didn't really matter. So it, it was, to me, that was sort of the, not the last hurrah of Nintendo being on top, but that was the last time where they would sort of be uh, the forefront of the video game scene. They were considered an actual competitor in the console wars as kind of their own thing. And don't get me wrong, I, I really like Nintendo, love my 3DS and my Wii U, but it's not really talked about in the same breath as things like the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Sure. And uh, that's when the, they slipped away the stranglehold on the video game market with the N64. Speaking of awful Nintendo-ness, how about <laughs> Devil's Third? <laughs> So it was, well, this is a fairly brief topic, but it was just announced that after a year of being released, they're already shutting down the online servers for Devil's Third. <laughs> it's it, it, scheduled to, to close already December of this year. Yeah, it did that good. And it's, it's, it's funny because this was a game that so many scumbag fucking sellers bought like 10 copies of, and they were like, yeah. everyone's going to want this. It's rare as shit. No one's going to be able to get it. We're going to sell it for $90 a pop. In anticipation of these servers shutting down, they're slashing the price of Devil's Third to thirty dollars. So go ahead and get your copy. Is that is that the physical version or just in the eShop? They're doing that. I, I don't know, but either way, it's thirty dollars. So if you want to play oh, that, junk, yeah. You but can. how many people actually were buying multiple copies to actually play it? Uh, like, no like, one. No one. So I'm not sure it's going to affect it that much. But they did do the second print run of it. Yes. This might not mean they're going to do a third though, uh, because of the might, might not. I think this means they're definitely not doing another print. Sure, so the scalpers might win a little bit in the end, but overall, they still got ding. The price is still just plumbing on those. When they started like 130, they came down to 70. At that point, there's no point in scalping anymore. And then eventually, it was just back to retail. Oh, I wish I had a Wi-Fi here to check right now. Uh, so, ha- have you dealt with any scalpers looking for this game, Ian, in the shop? No, not one person has ever <laughs> called me asking for it. Or to play. For two, except for two days after release. To, to fulfill their questions. Have anyone out here ever played this game or purchased this title? One person back. What do you think of the game? The multiplayer is fun. So that's really actually the saddest part then. I mean, the part that you enjoy the most, you're getting a year out of. How much, do you mind me asking, what did you pay for it? Okay, so you, you, paid retail. you at least got your retail value then. That's not so bad. You didn't, you didn't buy it from a dirty scalper. <laughs> Okay. Unless you are a scalper. Wait a second. <laughs> How did you get your copy so soon? <laughs> Anyone else play this game? No one else play All right. It. So, and that's why we're going to have a Nintendo NX system coming out next year. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Nintendo NX. That was my segue. Oh. You'd have to re-segue me. 
double the fun? I don't this know. This is the stuff that's cut out of the video podcast. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, there are, um, I mean, first of all, they've, they've basically confirmed that there is absolutely going to be physical media for the MX. There will be. All right. It's um, enough for the MX. We need all the support to get. I love it when people jump to conclusions. Because there's no optical drive, that must mean it's going to be a download-only console. <clears throat> Except for the fact that there's like SD cards and cartridges now. And cartridges, unlike back in the N64 days, it's much it, it's it, it's much less cost prohibitive to go back to that sort of well, media now. Let, let's start how this was revealed. This was a, a investor earnings call with GameStop, and their CEO Paul Rains responded to a question saying. Uh, from the switch from optical disc to cartridge, saying it, that the NX will have physical media and we will, GameStop, play a role in, in the NX. Our pre owned business will also play a role. So we're excited about that. So they got the skinny from Nintendo. Nintendo had to sort of massage their fears. All right, so GameStop, it's okay. You can sell games still. You're massaging my fears. <laughs> <laughs> what was less confirmed but was talked about vaguely was that it very well may be cartridge based media. And while they couldn't say either way, it was kind of a, an exciting prospect to GameStop because cartridges are much easier to refurbish. You have to remember, GameStop will take in basically any game. Even if it's scratched, they will simply deduct money or credit from you that you would get from uh, trading it in as a resurfacing fee. How much time and effort do they spend on resurfacing these discs and getting them back into workable order? A cartridge, you clean it, you slap it back in a plastic case, and you're done. So it would be really exciting for them, and quite frankly for, for us, um, to get cartridge games again because it would be so much easier to handle. Cartridges are so much easier to work with than discs. It's also a marketing tool to keep physical cartridges because GameStop's a, a huge retailer, and you don't want to piss them off right. by not having them be able to sell your product because they're going to, okay, we're not going to promote anything. We're not, we, we don't have to sell your console then because we won't make any money on your console. We make the money on the accessories. We make the money on the games. So don't piss off a, a big retailer. You have to keep physical media, at least for now. Maybe right. not five, ten years ago, at least right now they have to. They know, they need, you know the marketing push that they can get so the NX is, is a success. I'm just disappointed that if this is the news, that means that there's no backwards compatibility with the Wii U. And that, to me, is a big deal. Because we've sure. had it the last uh, three consoles. And it is upsetting since yeah, Nintendo's always done it. And I think it's going to leave a lot of Wii U owners feeling slighted that they can't continue to use their Wii U games. Now, so, that doesn't mean they won't announce some sort of program or add on to change. Add-on, like, be able to use your like, $20 USB DVD <laughs> drive and plug it in. It's there possible. has to be some way to do it. Because it'll be, it'll be more way more powerful than the Wii U to run it. Right. And, but but then again, they half-assed it with the Wii interface and the Wii U. Maybe they don't want to put in the time to make something more streamlined. I don't know. It's totally possible. They don't want to just throw in an emulator and have it look like garbage. Just tape your Wii U to your NX and call it a super system. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for that Dreamcast 2 to have Wii U emulation. Oh, that's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be, be fantastic. So, awesome. um, so does this make it you excited to have like little DS-sized potentially chip games. Well, with the rumor that it's going to be partially portable, partially home console, I imagine we are going to see something around the size of a 3DS cartridge if it does decide to go this way. We're not going to get big old honking plastic pieces anymore. That also means then you're going to have the differentiation between like the handheld version of the game. You know that there's two versions of Smash the Wii U and 3DS. In the future, you probably have one the next generation. Which would be great because that killed my enthusiasm for the 3DS Smash once I got the Wii U one. 
because it'll cost the same amount. It'll be the same console potentially. This is gonna be weird. It's gonna be like a, a reverse uh, Wii U, where you have the handheld and the handheld hits the video to the TV potentially. That's gonna be weird. It's gonna be wacky. I want to get one. I want to get one. You want to get one? Ian? Yeah, that's my plan. Get the Nintendo system and build a gaming PC and fuck off Sony and Microsoft. Not literally. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, what do you think the odds of this actually coming back and doing? Not Wii numbers, but somewhere between Wii U and Wii. I think it'll do much better than the Wii U. I would hope. Um, I, I don't know. It's not. It's not going to do Wii, Wii numbers. Um, the, the last point I would make is um, in this this uh, article, this meeting, they stated that even if it did as well, at least business wise for them, even if it did as well as the Wii U, that's good for them. If it does half as well as the Wii. It's great for them. So, I mean, they're excited about it. I think they're just excited that because of physical media, hey, we still get to make more money. It doesn't matter what happens to Nintendo. Sure. Q&A time on the Live CU podcast. Good questions. There goes my voice. No best or worst questions, unless it has to do with what we hate about each other, like about each other. That's fine. <laughs> I think. And we'll start off with uh, you, sir, with the Happy NES Punk Wristband. You guys ever said anything on the podcast that kind of surprised each other? Like, I know Ian, you said something about like acid when you when they found uh, that the meth in the Sega Genesis system. Oh, I didn't actually find the meth in the Genesis system. That was an article. Yeah, not you, but you said you you hid your ten strips and. Oh, I hid my ten strips in an NES. The, qu- yeah. the question for is, wait, have we say something that surprised I, each other? I don't think me doing acid would have surprised Pat in any way, no. shape, or form. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not doing it right now. You surprised when Well, it, it's not. It's just the fact that it, it's like, okay, Ian dropped acid, sure, but saying ten strips to me, it's like, oh, okay, that means he's ready to have a nice weekend. Yeah. At that point. That's like one level up from I just do acid. Oh, I'm a hardcore acid user. Then again, are there any mild acid? Acid users, does that exist? <laughs> I guess not. I guess yeah. pr- actually, Frank probably would qualify. Yeah. But he hasn't done that since probably the 70s. I haven't done it in fucking what, 15 years. W- w- what have I said that surprised you, ever? That you like me from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's mean or sweet and charming, or a little bit of both. Um, what a surprise. Something that you said. I know. Uh, oh, oh I know. When you casually just threw out, hey, it's a new millennium. You guys just threw out that you were wearing dresses at some event in high school or something. Do you oh no, that? I've, I've dressed up as, a, as uh, I've dressed up in women's clothing before. But the way you just sort of like slid it in, like it, to the I'm not really embarrassed about anything. That <laughs> but I've what done. was it? Was it was it like a school event or was it? No, I did. I just did it for fun one night. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> see, that's, see, it wasn't a school event. You just did it for fun. Okay. Yeah, just, that's a ride. Just for shit to get. Wait, we never got to that point in our relationship to share that information. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. You stir in the hat. Is that also a Pat Daniels punk wristband? Yes, sir. All right. You need to buy a Pat Daniels punk wristband and ask the question. I'm sensing bias. <laughs> I didn't even see it. So my question is, are any plans to put, like, say, Frank or Ian or Pat or James Are there any plans to bring a guest like Frank or James onto the CU podcast? Or bring Frank O'Connor. We'll, we'll start with the first one. Ian is more against having guests on the podcast than I am, I think, in principle. It's just because, at, I mean, I was at first, we both were, and at this point, for so long, um, we haven't. And I honestly think 
Pat and I have fallen into a comfortable format for the podcast. We're and like I, we're yeah. like a couple that's been together for eight years on a Saturday night. We just get a pizza and watch Netflix. Yeah, and don't touch each other. <laughs> Basically, and um, I, I just don't know that. I don't know that a guest would fit into the format well. It's not that there aren't people that 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 wouldn't be fun to talk to and have, but I just think it would be too too weird at this point. I think it would, wouldn't have to be the whole podcast. I'd say you do like a 15, 20-minute segment mm. interview. I think you could handle that. Yeah. Do you handle that, buddy? Maybe. Maybe. Because <laughs> you had a comfort zone. Um, I think that'd be fine because other podcasts do guests or they do it radios, obviously do interviews. And I've, d- I've done a couple interviews. I've done Breno Floss. Not literally haven't done them. I've interviewed Breno Floss. <laughs> and I've interviewed Mike Matei. Don't want to start rumors out there that N64 guy will start ranting about me having sex with random YouTubers. Um, so, that threw me off. Uh, I will see what happens. I will say this, though. Um, the podcast might go weekly in the future. There's a possibility. It's not stone. Hey, hey, let's clap. Let's do mild clapping. And if that's the case, you know, if Ian's not there some weeks, you know, maybe I can get a, someone, if Ian doesn't get jealous, I can get someone to help do the podcast. Not that I can't do it myself, but it's... it's oh, the crowd's turning me now. <laughs> well, let, 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 let's see the self-esteem just rise up. <laughs> All right. No wristband. You, sir, on the end. Um, I'm with the game department at George Mason University. We have a lot of students come in constantly um, that have gone through YouTube or gone through you guys and kind of curated a knowledge of older games through that. How do you guys view your podcast in an educational perspective? How do we view our podcast in an educational perspective? A poor one. <laughs> there's, no, there's no structure to our education. We just throw out shit, random Danny Sullivan in these heat, heat references, every other podcast. Cum jokes. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, it, 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 when people come up to me and say they've learned so much through the podcast, it's, it's, it's really cool. But, I, I mean, while Pat and I obviously want to inform people, it's not like the structure of the podcast it's not like we sat down and said we want this to be informative but I think through Pat's background in YouTube and hardcore collecting and my background in retail I I, I think whether we mean to or not we probably throw out a lot of information that that clues people into aspects of that sort of culture that they might not have known about before sure we gotta start giving us some we have ring things uh, devil dogs and Crimpets, we'll so. just take out eyeballs with them like we did with the, uh, the dumb-dumbs last year. These are much softer. All right. Uh, the person holding up the Danny Sullivan card? Is that a card? That is on the card in the back? The NES card. You, sir, with the card. Whatever that card is in your hand. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> How often does Ian have to get a customer where Ian says, get out of Luna? Um... You know, fairly often. (laughs) Or at least I should more often. Um, I did actually have a, uh, I think it was the day, the day I left or the day before I left to come out here. Uh, I had to ask a gentleman to leave. Um, These two meatheads came in and they're, uh, they're, they're going through the PS2 games and uh, they're, you know, real broing it up. And uh, they come up, and they have a stack of six games. And the one guy's pretty nice, and the other guy's just really fucking strange. And it gets really hot in the Ocean Beach store. It's a concrete tomb of a tunnel. There are no windows. There's one door, no AC. 
And I work nine hours a day there. And by the time you get to the middle of summer, the heat never goes away. It doesn't go away at night. It just it's pre- a sauna. It preheats to a nice 180 degrees, and it stays that way until about November. It's good for the pores. Gets so all the like, chemicals out. The guy starts bitching about the heat. He's been in there for all of, like, five or ten minutes. And, um... I mean, there's fans fucking everywhere. I mean, I have, like, six fans in the store. And no, not people fans. No. Okay. <laughs> so That's a different story. I, I take the stack of games, and obviously the discs are in the cases, and they're directly behind me in filing cabinets, so I turn around and I go to get the discs for all this. And all of a sudden, I mean, there's a counter, then there's my desk, then there's my chair, and there's the cash drawer. And... I hear like this light thunk. Now the fans are loud. They're box fans, so they rattle all over. I hear this thunk, and I see something out of the corner of my eye. And I turn around and I whip around, and my fist immediately goes up because the fucker walked behind the counter and sat down in my chair by the cash box. And I go, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he goes, "Well, it's really hot, man, and it's unfair. You have a fan back here." And I go, "There's fucking fans all over the goddamn store." <laughs> He goes, well, I'm not exactly a dangerous person. And I said, I don't know that. You're sitting behind, you're sitting by my cash box, and you snuck up behind me. Get the fuck out. <laughs> it happens a couple times a month. <laughs> Next question. Uh, you have friend. Yes. Uh, what made you what made us decide to do the podcast together? There's a semi-controversy about it. We're almost on the same page of how this occurred. But I used to come into Ian's shop and bother him and just talk to him for sometimes 20, 30 minutes at a time. We would just or long. The shit. We always has had this sort of natural chemistry going back to the time where I basically was trying to impress him. He thinks of my collection back in 2008 when I visited at Luna. Yeah, before you moved. So I used to do these awful once-a-month Pat Channel update videos, which I, I think I privatize them all because they're fucking awful. They're like three hours long. They're three hours long with talk, talking to like 25 people in the chat room. Hey, this is like back in 2010. Hey, this is Pat. This is what's going on. Hey, you're show and tell. About an hour in, people would stop asking questions, and literally you could just see his hands going off screen, just grabbing random shit. <laughs> I picked this up at the flea market. It's an old bag of bread. I mean, it was just whatever. Hey, were you secretly in the chat room doing these? I, I saw like one, and I was like, I can't watch. You're my friend, but I can't watch. So, it was after uh, I quit my job. Uh, then this is in 2003. I, I go into Luna and I go, Ian, I want to do a podcast, and I think you'd be great with me doing it. Ian doesn't. Ian's not sure that's how it occurred, but I think that's how it occurred. So my story only varies slightly. What it was is I remember saying to Pat as kindly as I could. I said, "Your vlogs get kind of." Rambly. I, said, I don't remember that, though. No, I don't remember I, saying that. And I said, I said, when people are asking questions, it, it's good. I said, you should find yourself a co-host and maybe just do a formatted podcast. And that was like a year prior. And then like a year later, you came in and asked if I would be interested in doing a podcast. And that's when I said, yeah, sure. And I honestly figured that we would both lose interest in it within like four episodes. Oh, we did. And here we are. <laughs> well, yeah. We lost interest. Those first few are rough. The first one was in my bedroom. Yeah. You remember, where it was like 2DS, Affleck cast as Batman. Wow, that was like 18 years ago. You know, <laughs> I can tell you exactly. Oh, keep talking. Sorry. And we had like really long Q&As, which I'm not sure how we got the Q&As. Oh, it was when it was live in the podcast. When we used to do it live, people in the chat room would just ask, Random question. There's only like 25 people, 30 people in the chat room, and that's basically how we started it. 
We actually have the first podcast topics list here. I found it. How? Uh, I don't know it. I, I have no idea. It's not on the original Google Drive. Our cool. first podcast was Connect Selling User Data. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was... Here we go. Uh, what the shit? We're live, by the way. We're, we're live. <laughs> it was 2DS. It was Wii U dropping to 300. It was Wind Waker HD version announced. It was Ben Affleck cast as Batman. Uh, Batman vs. Superman in Reflections on Man of Steel. Oh, okay. There you go. We had Man of Steel. I thought it was 2DS. We had one, two, and three question mark topics. All right. <laughs> Next question while I run out of GoPro. You, sir, the NWC shirt. Uh, what do you miss most about not living on the East Coast for both of you, and what do you wish was on, that's on the West Coast that's back on the East Coast? That's actually fun and easy for me. What do we wish was on the West Coast that isn't on the East Coast? What do we from the East Coast and what would we bring from the West Coast back to the East Coast? Fish tacos should be on the East Coast because they're awesome. I miss diners uh, from the, uh, the East Coast. Um, I miss having, uh, at least in San Diego, there's no uh, autumn at all. It's my favorite uh, what is it? Season? <laughs> I almost said holidays. We're both in this weird state right now. What about you, real quick, Ian? Um, for me, it was. Uh, I, I mean, I, I miss. I miss the seasons. Um, much like Pat, I actually like cold weather. I did not move to San Diego for the weather. Uh, I miss having a cold period. Um, if I could move one thing from San Diego to the West Coast, it would be real fucking Mexican food yeah. because it does not exist. Certainly not Chili's. in the Northeast. Chichis. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. All right, we're gonna, the camera's gonna cut, so we'll still keep going. Uh, no, no, yes or no's are great. Uh, you start in the game. Yeah. Um, which video game companies oh. do you think are making the worst decisions right now? What company is making the worst video game decisions right now, Ian? Uh, well, Konami. I mean, if we can still count that. <laughs> um. I think Capcom's in a very weird way where they're trying to get back in good graces, but the the whole Street Fighter Five we need to get this out in time for tournament season thing really soured a lot of people. Um, I honestly think those are probably the, the two big ones. I mean, and that's no real surprise. Ubisoft is not so great either with how they handle their DLC, and they do tend to put out some of the buggiest shit that's out there upon launch. I've got a couple more questions going on. We're getting the pre-wrap-up signal. Oh, the N64 guy's back. Hey! Here we go for his rant video. Watch it on YouTube. What's your question? Uh, what are you two guys' comedy influences? Comedy influence? I was never asked that before. You consider when we do something like comedy. Ian, what's your comedy influence? I don't have one because I'm not fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, I'm a fan of awkward cringe comedy, a little bit, not over the top. I love Ricky Gervais. I love the UK Office. Um, I love when it gets real. You have to deal with real, real situations, real reactions. I don't like when people are overly polite. So I love stuff like Kirby with Enthusiasm. That's probably one of the greatest shows ever in the history of ever uh, to me. So that's really, if you watch my Pat the Indian's podcast, that's kind of where I tend to go. Self-deprecating humor, weird situations, stuff that's like, ugh. This is real, but I can give one serious answer, um, and I don't. I don't ever try to mimic his style, but I, I very much like it and respect it. Um, it'd be Brendan Small who did Home Movies and Metalocalypse. Um, Home Movies is my absolute favorite TV show, probably of all time. So uh, I, 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 I greatly enjoy him. 
You ever watch Archer? Uh, I, I have it, not yet. Oh, I like Archer, too. That's like sort of like my sort of comedic That's sensibility. Thank you. All right, we got another question? It's probably second. our last one. One more great question. Jeremy! You're standing, you must have a question. And then we'll throw out some ring, ring dings. And... With the recent attack on Boogie's channel, if what? you had to start over from day one, what would you skip out on, on your channel? Uh, I guess Boogie's been attacked on his channel. I don't know what's going on. His stuff got deleted. Oh, so got deleted, Holy got shit. hacked. It'll get back there. It's fine. So I guess the question is, what would we do differently to not get attacked? I don't fucking no, no, care. Sometimes attacking. Like, what what content would you say fuck it, and what would you focus on if you had to rebuild your channel? Oh, if we had to start from scratch, uh, let's plays. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> you know, you want to build an audience? <laughs> you do let's plays. Speaking of that, we're thinking about doing a let's play show. <laughs> I would consider it more of a competitive versus show, but yeah. Oh, no, that, you didn't say that before. You did not say that before. We're going to toss out some crimpets, ring dings, devil dog. But guys, thanks so much for coming out. This has been great. Let's throw out, hey, let's throw out a couple. Hey, but save me at least a few. I haven't had a devil dog in 15 years. Go in the back. Ring dings. Thanks, that's it. Thank you. Enjoy your community game. Sign my team dog. <laughs>